Hello, and welcome to World in Focus, the podcast for making sense of the complex world around us. I'm your host, Nick, and with my background in history and philosophy, we'll try to make sense of the senseless so we can walk through life with a little more confidence and understanding. Join me this week as we explore the second Republican primary debate that took place on September 27, 2023. We'll take a look at who was at the debate, who wasn't, who stood out for better or worse, what we might be able to expect into the next debate, which is scheduled for November 8th, 2023. And at the end, we'll talk about the major takeaways, what bigger picture we can draw from all this. And then after that, I have a little bit of exciting news to share with you, but that's for later. For now, we dive into the second Republican primary debate. Now, first things first, if we're going to talk about this debate, it's helpful to know exactly who was there. And that answer is almost the same as last time. We have Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, Tim Scott, Mike Pence, Chris Christie, and Doug Burgum. Now, you might notice we had a candidate voted off the island since last time. Asa Hutchinson did not meet the debate requirements, as they get bigger in each debate. All debate stages require that candidates get 200 unique contributors from 20 states or territories, but they also require a number of unique donors. This time, the candidates on stage needed to have 50,000 unique donors, which Asa Hutchinson did not get. Next time, that number is going to go up to 70,000. So you might see one or two or even three of these candidates get chopped between now and November 8th, depending on how well they stand out. And speaking of standout, who did? Who won or lost? Well, if you looked in the news, a lot of the news outlets have said that Trump was the winner because even though he wasn't there, no one really stood out. And I'd say that's partially true because... Certainly nobody stood out as a winner in any of this, but I do think there was absolutely a standout biggest loser, Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, before we get into Vivek's losses this last time, let's rewind for a second back to debate number one, where in only the first few seconds of his time to speak, Ramaswamy said, I'm the only one on this stage who isn't bought and paid for. And then kind of continued that narrative, essentially saying that everybody else that was on stage with him were liars and corporate stooges. Well, as it turns out, when you insult everyone you're on stage with and then give them a month to prepare, they might come back at you and even gang up on you, which is pretty much what happened. As almost all of the candidates, particularly Nikki Haley and Tim Scott, made some sort of comment, insult, attack, or other point that discredited and hurt Ramaswamy. Tim Scott did this within the first few minutes, saying very, very quickly that he found it strange that Ramaswamy last time would bring up everybody else's corporate ties when he himself has been funded and done business in China, as well as being funded by groups who also funded Hunter Biden, who is not a particular popular character in Republican politics today. Ramaswamy quickly said, all of this was nonsense, exact word there, which I think he came to regret as Nikki Haley piled on with more Chinese accusations and then even Ron DeSantis chiming in that, quote, everyone knows he had business in China, he being Ramaswamy. This eventually led Ramaswamy to backtrack and admit that he did do business in China, but that he did what nobody else did, which was leave and promise not to go back. Which really kind of made him seem like a little kid that got caught in a lie, saying they didn't break something that was obviously broken in the house and you have no pets, so who else could it be? 
and like the kid is saying, so what? I learned my lesson. I won't do it again. Not a good look for him. And what made it even worse is that all of his fellow candidates, they never really let up on him. And he didn't do anything to make it better for himself either. The other candidates constantly made remarks that made it seem like he was a Chinese stooge, something he only really seemed to confirm by talking about TikTok and how popular it is to get in with the young people. And then pretty much every other candidate said or made some sort of comment that TikTok is Chinese spyware. And then Nikki Haley made a comment along the lines of, sorry, I forgot you like China, so you're okay with that. And and then he made the mistake of changing topics to the war on Ukraine, which he not so smartly, chose to do by bashing the country of Ukraine directly, saying that just because Russia is evil doesn't mean Ukraine is good and that the country is corrupt and commits atrocities, a sentence which he barely finished before Chris Christie and Nikki Haley started going at him, Nikki Haley saying that a win for Russia is a win for China, and Tim Scott saying that if Ukraine loses, then China will go after Taiwan, and Chris Christie slammed him for condoning Russian atrocities, bringing up again that Christie was actually in Ukraine and went to visit and saw firsthand the atrocities that the Russians committed and made it seem like Ramaswamy didn't know what he was talking about or that he condoned them in some fashion. And at one point, after being interrupted by Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley commented, honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a bit dumber for what you say. That's an exact quote. After which, Ramaswamy, kind of desperate at this point, asked everybody on stage that we show each other the due respect, which he barely got the words out of his mouth before he regretted them, as Tim Scott said, why? You didn't give us any respect last time. The whole thing was just not a good look for Ramaswamy. He came off looking childish, hypocritical, and alone, which is not what you want when you're running for the highest office in the U.S. No one on stage respected him, and he never made any moves to help himself, at least no moves that worked out, which only made him seem more helpless. And I think there's a pretty good chance he'll slide in the polls if he can't recover from that narrative and dynamic going forward. After all, I mean, if he can't get respect from his peers, how is he supposed to get any from voters, let alone other nations, if he gets elected? And the funny part, if you can call it funny, is that because no one really stood out as a winner at the debate, it just seems like the whole debate was the anti-Vivek Ramaswamy debate. The whole void of positive attention going to anyone else just focuses even more on Ramaswamy just totally bombing in this in this debate. But that being said, poor Vivek Ramaswamy. There's other stuff to talk about, though admittedly not a whole lot. Like I said, and like has been mentioned in the news before, there weren't any winners. No one. Nobody stood out. Nobody did anything amazing. Nobody said something that got just amazing amounts of applause or anything really intelligent backed up by statistics. Same stuff we've heard as last time. But there are still a few takeaways. The most notable is that Ron DeSantis notably changed his tone from the last debate to this one, where he actually agreed with Chris Christie and joined in on an attack on Donald Trump for not being at the debate which is just a total 180 from the leaked debate plans that he had for the first debate, where it was said that he was going to inevitably protect Trump and defend him uh, in absenteeism from a inevitable Christie attack. Why he did this? 
who knows? It could be because he lost a lot of numbers after the first one and is just trying to get it back. Who knows? What effects could it have? Well, only time will tell that, but it could be maybe Christie will take a jump in the polls because the current leader that isn't Trump uh, actually backed him up on one of the things that he said, which might mean that Christie takes a little bit of a jump forward. It could also mean that DeSantis might take a jump back because he agreed with somebody that's not particularly popular with Trump Republicans. It could mean nothing. It could have just been a desperate ploy uh, by DeSantis to try to bring down Trump's numbers and boost his own. But regardless, it was surprising to hear, for sure, and definitely stood out. Uh, Christie actually got a little bit of applause and even a few laughs when he attacked Donald Trump for not being there and said that if he continued to duck these debates, that they'll just start calling him Donald Duck. Which is not particularly clever, I guess, but it's a little funny. And, I mean, if if Trumpy Bear can take off as a hit in the media and on the internet, then I have absolutely no doubt that Donald Duck could take off as well. None. I'm eagerly awaiting the internet to come up with some funny memes of Donald's body as Donald Duck with the hair and him like running away from a debate stage or something. They make they can make Christy like Yogi Bear, big and fat and kind of scary looking. Anywho, another takeaway from all this is that uh, Ramaswamy and DeSantis, same as last time, are very into militarizing the southern border. DeSantis saying pretty much outright multiple times that he just wants to take the U.S. military and go into Mexico and blow up all the cartels, uh, which I don't think went over particularly well for him because a lot of other candidates just kind of hopped on and said, you can't do that. The Mexico isn't U.S. sovereign territory. They and the rest of the world may see it as an act of war. We have no place in doing so. And if you're going to ever do anything like that, you need to at least talk with the Mexican government about it, which DeSantis has seemed to have virtually no interest in. But I mean, other than those things, nothing of note really happened. No one in the debate was better off than they were at the beginning, only worse. And if any gains are really made in the polls between this debate and the next one in November, it's pretty much just going to be because somebody, Ramaswamy, looked so bad that the people who are being polled just had to change their answers because they just can't feel confident in sticking by somebody who looked as bad as they did. So with all that we talked about and looked at, what does it really say? Well, it just says that Trump is still in the lead and it doesn't look like he has any real contenders. The only thing that might hurt him is if he continues not to show up to the debate. Right now, the narrative for him not going is that he's so far ahead in the polls that it's beneath him or and he doesn't even need to bother. But at some point, once the stage gets a little less crowded and you go from six candidates down to three or four, that narrative is probably going to change from being too far ahead and doesn't need to bother to too scared to actually bother to confront other Republican candidates because he's afraid to lose. And you can bet that the longer he stays away, the more likely it is that as candidates inevitably drop out from this race, they're going to endorse somebody else that isn't him. It would be very, very bad for him if he stayed away from all the debates just to watch one by one as candidates drop out and pledge their support to some other candidate. And it would be his worst nightmare if, by some miracle, Chris Christie ended up being that candidate, because that is that is the anti-Trump right there. And he would not enjoy a debate one-on-one -on -one against Christie. I can pretty much guarantee you that. That's really it. It wasn't a very active debate, except for the whole anti-Ramaswamy stuff. Um, 
but I'm sure the excitement of the debates and the stuff that gets talked about will become greater and more significant as you have fewer people vying for limited time. Now, as we conclude that, I know I mentioned in the past that I might do a few episodes just doing some character profiles for the people running so we can get a clearer picture of exactly who these people are that want to lead our country. And I gave it some thought, and I think I'll go ahead and do that between now and the next debate. I apologize for not doing it sooner. I had just moved um, and needed to take a few weeks to really get settled and deal with some problems in a new place. But now that I'm back and everything seems to be settled down, I'll be able to get back to the whole weekly podcast thing. And doing these character profiles, seeing as how Ramaswamy was kind of the butt of this whole debate, I feel like he's as good a place to start as any because he's fresh topic-wise. Then after that, if Christy's still around, I might do one on him just because I'm from Jersey and I'd like to you know, play into my New Jersey bias while I have the chance before he's gone. And then after that, who knows? I'll probably just go in largest polling order so that, you know, since they're going to be around the longest, the podcast will remain more relevant. So probably DeSantis or Nikki Haley or Mike Pence after that. In other news, before we conclude for today, I am in the works on a few interviews and guest appearances, and I also wanted to let you know that when those hit, they will probably have a slightly different tone than the normal, hey, let's take this big topic and make it small and neat and clear that we're used to. Uh, The one that I have coming up closest is an interview with the mayor of Allentown, PA. It's the third largest city in Pennsylvania behind Pittsburgh. It's got about 130-ish thousand people in it. I don't have a lot of specifics about what exactly we're going to talk about. I'm still working with his communications manager about, you know, the the logistics of it. Uh, But it will be taking place at the end of October. And you can bet that we're going to be talking about the city of Allentown, the state of Pennsylvania, how they relate to each other, and then also how Allentown and PA kind of relate into the larger national narrative. You can also be sure, based on the way that I do these podcasts, that I'm going to be talking a lot about who the mayor is. His name is Matthew Turk. Where he comes from, major events in his life that got him into politics, how he thinks about certain things, how he became the politician that he is today. Uh, If you want to look up information about him, feel free to do so. I won't say anything until I actually talk with the guy. All I know is the research that I've done so far, and I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, As the interview goes, I'm pretty sure that I'm just going to be posting the raw audio of him and I talking. I think that way it is the most fair to both he and I, and to you, the listener, about what exactly transpires. If I go ahead and I edit the audio to better suit me and what I want or better suit him and what he wants, it's not really fair. So odds are it'll be a half hour-ish conversation that he and I have. I'll take it, I'll make a little intro that I'll record separately, and then it'll just be the raw audio of the interview, and you can get out of it what you get out of it. I think it'll be nice, uh, assuming his office doesn't cancel or anything or any, any other problem shows up. You can probably expect it about halfway through November or the first or second week of November, something like that. It'll be in November that it comes out. So with all that said, thanks for listening to World in Focus, and I will see you guys next time. Bye.